this morning I'm just going to share from Mark 5, 35 through to verse 41. This is the Jesus calming the storm. Starting in verse 35, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he, being Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of the Lord. Father God, I, I thank you for your word, and I thank you, God, that this word is timeless, Lord. That 2,000 years after this event, Lord, we can still be encouraged and inspired by what you have done, Lord. And we just, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just um, breathe on, on my words today, Lord, as we go, as we look at this um, amazing story, as we look at this passage of Scripture. In your precious name. Amen. Well, there's many kind of, as with many of the gospel stories and throughout the Bible, there are often many layers to different stories. And for this one, uh, I guess the, the main kind of theme when you read the story of Jesus calming the storm is about, basically it's about Jesus showing that he is God, showing that he has mastery over over nature, um, he, he's not just a prophet, he's not just a man, but he is, he is also God, and demonstrating that to the disciples. But this morning, I wanted to just look at the story with another kind of lens, with another kind of layer. And that layer is looking at this kind of theme of discipleship, this theme of journey of the disciples who are with Jesus and what they've been doing prior this event on the on the on the lake when they had the storm and then, and as an example of, of, of our lives as Christians and as the church. I think there's a there's a powerful um, powerful story in, in here to, to encourage us about the journey of the Christian life. Just to get a bit of context before I dive in, uh, prior to this Jesus has begun his ministry and he started uh, exercising demons, he started um, there's been miracles, there's been healings, and he's uh, gathered the disciples around him, and he has just, just prior to this to this going across the lake, he's just spent a whole day of teaching, and he's done some incredible teaching in there, and uh, he must have been quite tired because he did a lot of this teaching on, on, on one of these boats. He was on one of these boats standing in, in what was, um, they believe, like kind of uh, in a bay that kind of acted as like a natural amphitheater and all the people in the town would, would gather around and hear him. So Jesus must have had a fantastic voice and really good balance. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been like this all day long. 
And uh, the other disciples are in the in these little boats with him and, and, and around. So there's a group of these little boats. And uh, these boats, uh, I, I didn't get a picture for it today, but I'll go to the next. Oh, yep. Don't worry on that. Um, this maybe uh, not probably to scale because it's Rembrandt's uh, painting, but these weren't massive boats. They were sort of um, fishing vessels. They were kind of glorified dinghies. Often had four people who would row them with a sail. Um, you might have had like, you know, like maybe up to 10 people or 12 people in a boat or something like that. And they had a, they had a whole lot of these that were in this bay. And when Jesus is then saying, is saying to them, it says in verse 35, on that day, so on that very day after he finished all that tiring teaching, awesome teaching, he says, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Uh, just before I dive in, I, I, really, um, I really love this picture, actually. Uh, I found it um, online, and it's um, by the famous artist Rembrandt, and he actually painted himself into the picture. That's him there. <laughs> and, and this guy here is actually vomiting. <laughs> And then these guys here are like uh, the ones who are freaking out and asking Jesus to you know, wake up. And here's the stoic sort of um, you know, sailors that are holding onto the, the rudder. And then these guys are you know, in chaos, obviously. Um, but it's, it's a really fascinating picture, just the way it shows the, the chaos over here and then the sort of the calm here. Have you notice that? And then even, the, even the way the colours are all done, it's quite an interesting picture that Rembrandt did. And, and unfortunately, the, it was actually stolen. Uh, in 1990, um, so it's still missing. It's, it's got some, uh, some bad guys there or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere around the world, this is sitting on someone's wall, you know, um, this beautiful painting uh, by Rembrandt. Anyway, um, back to the, the, the verse, verse 35. And so Jesus said, let us go across to the other side. And if, if you're familiar with um, the, the Sea of Galilee, um, it was... It was in the north of, of, of Palestine at that time. It was, it's, it's really kind of a lake. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's not, it's sort of got, it's surrounded by mountains and it's sort of got like, it's, it's, it's I think it's like 13 miles wide and something, uh, thing. And, and so on one side of this lake where they were was, was where, um, where all the Israelites were. And then on the other side of the lake, was um, another foreign land. It was um, sometimes in the Bible it's called, in this part, Bible says Gerasenes, uh, and in other parts it's called like the Decapolis and other things. But these were foreign people, and um, they were going over the other side of the lake. And after this, after this passage, Jesus actually encounters the the, the, the man who's possessed with the demon, the demoniac, um, on the other side of the lake. Um, but I, I, I just this morning I really wanted to kind of um, sort of talk about it in another respect. And, and I, just thinking of that metaphor of, of discipleship in our journey in our life, that the other side is, is, is when, I, when I look at this and when I read this with Jesus and the disciples in these boats going over to the other side, I, I really feel like it, it sums up the journey of life. Mm -hmm. That the other side is eternal life and that we as the church and as Christians are journeying across this lake, across the sea, with um, each other and with Jesus to get to the other side. And, um, and I just really want you to keep that, that kind of image in your mind as individuals and as a church, that, that this is, this is the, the, the lens I want to look at this today. So it says that he, he left the crowd and he took them within the boat just as he was and all the other boats with him. And as they're going across this, the, 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 the sea of this lake, 
there's a, there's a great windstorm arise, arises. Um, this area is, is, is well known for, for storms, even today. It's, it's to do with the geography and the uh, topography sort of area, is that the, there's a sort of hot and cold air kind of mixes really quickly, and these storms can just happen in an instant. And this, this storm here is um, more than just a, just a kind of a, a blustery day. It's, 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 it's basically like a hurricane that's happening here. And the, yeah, I imagine they're in these little boats, and this hurricane is just like smashing into them. Um, while they're trying to get across this lake. And of course, we read that the waves start coming into the boat and it starts filling up. And as you can imagine, there's chaos. You know, the, the, everything is filling up. They're feeling overwhelmed. They're worried. They're freaking out. They, they, they believe they're gonna, they're gonna die there. They're gonna drown in the middle of this lake. Um, these guys probably weren't very good swimmers, you know, given that time period. They're probably out in the middle of the lake, far from shore. They probably think this is it, we're gone, we're going to die here in this hurricane. And, uh, and then the story gets really interesting because these disciples who are freaking out, they, they go and, and find Jesus at the back of the boat. And what is Jesus doing? He's asleep. He's asleep. Can you believe this? Like, this is the middle of a storm, and he is asleep. In the middle of a hurricane, in these glorified dinghies, and Jesus is asleep. Uh, the closest thing I've ever got to being, like, in kind of rough seas is we went on the Inter Island at one time. And uh, it was one of those days where it was, like, starting to pitch, you know, like the boat would sort of pitch like that, and go down, and then like that. And uh, at the time, Amy and I just had our little kids, so Johnny would have been probably a toddler, and same with Hannah. And what we did was we, we were in this like kind of kids area of the boat where they had like some magician or a clown or something doing stuff. But because it was so rough, all these parents and kids and all that were just like lying on the ground. Because <laughs> you're trying to stop yourself moving and trying to like, yeah, not, yeah, that, that sickness, that kind of seasickness, nausea feelings in your gut. And I, like, I'm just lying there, lying there, and I'm like, the whole time I'm just like, why did I eat that plate of greasy chips? <laughs> why did I eat that pie? <laughs> and it's like, you know when you're eating something greasy and you're trying to not feel sick and then you're trying to not move and you're just kind of like, oh, oh, trying to get your mind off that, that pie or that greasy chips. And, you know, we did that for most of that trip. But I can tell you, I was not asleep. <laughs> I was not resting. I was feeling terrible. I was feeling seasick. And that was on a massive boat. Like, the Inter Island is a, a, a good-sized ship. And it's, it wasn't a hurricane or anything. It was just some rough waves on the Cook Strait. But here's Jesus in this moment in his little glorified dinghy asleep in the middle of a hurricane. And it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting picture of who Jesus is because it, it incorporates two parts of him. One, he, is, he, he, was, he was human. He was a man. Um, he wasn't just a spirit. He, he came in a body. He was a man. He would have been physically exhausted from a day of teaching. Maybe he fell asleep straight away when they took off. He said, hey boys, we've got to go. And he just, he 
kicking off <laughs> while things were good, before the storm. And, 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 and so he would have been incredibly tired. But, but also this illustrates this other part, which he's going to demonstrate in a second, that he was God. Because he gets up and stills the storm supernaturally. It's this two aspects of Jesus' nature right here. But the thing that's so interesting about it is that Jesus is this non-anxious presence, even in the midst of the storm. And I, you know, I really resonate with what these disciples say. You know, they say to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Lord, where are you? You know, how often have we had that cry when things for the waves and the storms of life? If it be COVID, if it be um, death in our family, or, or suffering, or sickness, or loss of a job, financial problems, whatever it is, the storms of life will come. How often have we had those moments where we're like, where are you? Don't you care? Don't you care that we're struggling here? Don't you care that this is happening to us, that we're feeling overwhelmed? Where are you, God? Where are you in my situation? You know, and I think it's true of the church too, over the centuries. There must be times, and maybe we feel it a bit in our society now, as we're living in a very secular society, and Christianity seems to appear statistically to be on the decline, to be like, where are you, God? Like the church is struggling, right? The, you know, the waves of, of Western culture and secular culture are washing over the church. Where are you, God? We need you. We need you, Lord. And it's, I think it really is interesting how they do that, how they say that, because they don't say Jesus and they don't say Lord, they say teacher. You know, and this is an interesting part of discipleship because these guys had just seen, they saw Jesus in the flesh, they saw him exercise demons, they saw him heal people, and they just listened to, you know, just, just prior to this, a whole day's worth of teaching. But that all went out the window in the midst of a crisis there. And, and how often have we as Christians had experiences wonderful experiences of God, um, maybe coming to faith, baptism, um, different sorts of discipleship and things that we've done. How, think about all the you know, hundreds of hours of sermons you might listen to in church or on podcasts, worship and things like that you've had put into, and then in the midst of a crisis, it can all just go out the window and you're like, God, where are you? Where are you? Because the storms of life will come, eh? You know, Jesus said, he said in, in, in John's gospel, he said, you know, um, you will have many troubles and, and afflictions in this life, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, there's a, there's a reality to our lives that there are storms and there are crises that happen to us. And, and, and in those storms and in those crises, it really reveals where our trust and our faith is. And for these disciples, they had had these experiences, but now it's all been put to the test. And in that moment, they're just like, it's almost like, when I, the way I read it, it's almost like they're kind of saying, like they're just complaining and just sort of saying, hey, we're all going to die, and, and we just want to complain to you that this is happening. Like, don't you care? It's not even a kind of save us. It's almost like, don't you care that we're, because they say, we are all perishing. Like, 
that we're all going to go down. But don't you get your sleeping. Don't you care. Come and help us. And, 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 and the way that they cry out is, you know, is, is, is a cry that, that you see throughout Scripture. In uh, Psalm, Psalm 10, I just read this the other day in my morning reading. Uh, Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? You know, there's a, there's a cry in a human heart for God and for salvation, for help. And, and this, this moment, this, this, this passage really illustrates that cry in their hearts. And Jesus responds. Them. After they said, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? It says, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Peace, be still. I, I love that because it's a great, um, it's actually a really great sort of juxtaposition of, of, of the storm. Because you know, in the first part of the passage, it talks about this great windstorm arose and came at them. And then I, I love just in my mind imagining this scene as Jesus kind of just gets up. He arose, and then he stops the storm. You know, like this is this is wonderful kind of parallel kind of thing where this, you got the storm and, and nature and the, the crisis and so, and then Jesus awakening and then stopping it. And he only says three words in, in my vision of the Bible. It might be a bit more. It was peace, be still, and the wind ceased. And then it's this great, it's a great um, kind of thing here because it's also, it talked about earlier on, it talked about that it was a great windstorm. And then afterwards it says, it says, after it says, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And the Greek word there is megas, where we get the word mega from. So it's basically like he's saying there was a mega storm and then a mega calm. And I love that contrast between the two, you know, mega worry and anxiety, mega peace and calm that Jesus brings in this situation. And Jesus says to them this thing, he says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And, you know, when I read that, I kind of sort of feel this sort of thing like, you know, like, you know, it feels like a rebuke. And in a way, it kind of is for Jesus. He's sort of saying, you know, why are you fearful and why are you worried? But the thing that helped me with this passage when I was reading it was that the word faith in Greek, and it's pistos, actually also has another, um, it, it means trust. And the great cry of the Bible, what from Old Testament through the New Testament, is this, this promise, you know, this thing that people keep holding on to. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. And, you know, when I read that way, I sort of say, have you still no trust? You know, trust in me. Put your faith in me. Now, this is what I feel like Jesus is saying to those disciples and he's saying to us today. Put your faith, put your trust in me. And 
I just really wanted to kind of, the way I was looking at this thing is, is like a discipleship thing and about a journey, is, is that, you know, the discipleship, we have to spend time with God to become aware of his presence. Because sometimes it can feel like Jesus is asleep at the back of the boat in our lives. And the more time you spend with Jesus, the, the quicker that you can feel his presence, the quicker you can go, oh, here he is, he's here. He's here in the midst of the storm. He's here in this situation. And unfortunately, as Christians and as people, we often cry out to God just in a crisis, don't we? That's a great place to start, by the way. And that's often where people often get saved or they have an incredible encounter or breakthrough in their life. But you can't live the Christian life or live it well if you're just crying out to Jesus in a crisis. Um, I had to. I actually had to um, put this into practice myself today because uh, <laughs> about having that kind of non-anxious presence of, of Jesus in any situation. Because because last night Amy was like, oh, I can't. Yeah, I think we can't go to church today because Lovey's sick, you know, and there's a few at home, and I was like. Okay, uh, yeah, it's all good, I'll, I'll, I'll handle it. And then this morning, like, I, I go out to get the trailer, and it's like, oh, no, I can't get it past this, this <laughs> scaffolding. And it's like, because I've had an amazing time with the Lord this morning, like, in his presence and just in his peace. And it's like, oh, oh, and I was like, yeah, I, I get it, God. I get you. <laughs> you want me to put this into practice right now and not get stressed and yell at the kids? Okay. <laughs> And so I had to I had to put that into place in my life, and and I just, you know just as individually as, as you know as, as my discipleship and, and walking with the Lord, I've had to build like a well in my life, you know, build like a well of, of, of God's presence and His time with Him, so that when I have these these storms or these crises or things that seem to feel like they're going to overwhelm me, that I can be like, no, you're good, Lord. You're, you're here in this situation. You'll bring your peace. You'll bring your calm. You'll, you'll help me. I can't see through the circumstance of what's going to happen, but I know you're good, Lord, and I know that you're here, and you will bring us through. And I've had to develop that into my life, and I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's something I, I really want to fight for, is, is to spend time in his presence every day. And I, I would just encourage you, wherever you're at with your walk with the Lord, to spend time in his presence. And, you know, you don't even have to go for a shopping list of prayers. That could just be sitting for five minutes in the morning with your coffee, just sitting in the presence of Jesus. Um, there's a number of fantastic apps that you can use that can help you with that. I use this one called Lectio 360, I think it's called, and that's amazing. It's got like a morning and then an evening one you can click on. And it just, you can just sit there and listen. You know, for some mornings you just don't know what to say or what to pray, but you just need to sit in the presence of the Lord. Um, I listen to other apps that help with um, listening to the Bible. Because I, I'm here today, you know, it's, it's hard to pray, isn't it? It's hard to read the Bible and stuff. And so if you struggle to read, why don't you listen to something and just soak in it? I, I often just soak in worship music and just let God do something to my heart and not let the situation or the thing I'm thinking about overwhelm me. Uh, I'll let God's presence be the thing that's on my mind and my heart and change what's within me. So I, I just really encourage you, as this is a, a wonderful picture of the of the journey of the Christian life, that we want to get to the other side, 
is that Jesus, I just want to encourage you today that Jesus is in the boat here. He is there. You might not feel it sometimes or know it, but he is with you. And I just want to encourage you to keep uh, becoming more and more aware of his presence. So, and, and, and that happens through this ordinary Monday to Friday life. We can't just go from one experience to another experience from like a Sunday service or a conference or that will not get us through. We need daily time with the Lord to melt our hearts to make us more aware of His presence. So when the crises and the storms of life come, we've got this reservoir, we've got this well that we can draw on to help us through those situations. And then I also just want to make a note um, just just about the church as well, because I think there's a beautiful picture here, but as I finish, of what the church is, is that you've got all these, these boats together making their way across the lake and in the storm, and then obviously Jesus brings the calm and the storm. But it's a wonderful picture there of Jesus in the boat with all of us. You know, you know John Dunn says, no man is an island. And it's so true that this is the body of Christ going across this lake as well. We are the church in all our little dinghies sort of making our way across life. And sometimes it feels like we're in a dinghy too sometimes (laughs) in a storm. And that Jesus is with us and we're with each other. And, you know, I really want to say that we we need each other. Like, we actually need, just what Vic shared today, like, just without our presence, um, our our love, our support, our prayers, that was what helped it. Uh, Is is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. That, that that's what we bring to each other. And you cannot do this Christian life without God, and you cannot do this Christian life without each other. And I encourage you as a church that, like, do the fellowship. Let's be together as the church. Let's, let's make it across that lake. Let's get to eternal life together. Let's do the journey of life together. And that involves doing time together. You know, that involves, you know, I encourage you, we have these huddle groups set out at, here at Kohimakal, they're a way to do life and, and relationship together and pray and encourage each other. We do whānau kai, where we have meals together. Um, obviously, great to come on Sundays as well. Uh, there's lots of ways that we can fellowship and be together as Christians and encourage each other. And we can bring that non-anxious presence for each other. Because sometimes we're, sometimes you can feel so overwhelmed eh, in a situation. You can feel like, I can't see out of this thing, and these circumstances are just too much. And that's that's the gift we have as brothers and sisters in the Lord that that you can come into that situation as a friend, as a brother or sister, and bring the presence of Jesus Christ to them by just being with them. Hey, how how often have we had circumstances in our life where people didn't even need to say much, but they were just there? They were there at the hospital. They were there at their house when the crisis happened. They came around with that meal. They sent you that text message. They gave you that call. They, they prayed. They, the simple act of saying, oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to carry you on my heart. But we bring that non-anxious presence of Jesus into every situation. The thing, the thing that really, then I'll finish with this, that strikes me so much about this whole story is, is that Jesus is, is asleep during the storm because he's not anxious. He wasn't worried about the storm. I mean, it does help that he's God. But 
But he's not worried because he, he had this wonderful relationship with the Father and this trust that he had and a trust in the mission and what he was doing that he wasn't worried at all. So he was able to sleep in the storm and he bring he brought that non-anxious presence into that into that boat. And then he you know, ministered out of that place of being just at peace and presence with the Father. And we get to do that for each other. I think it's one of the most wonderful things you can do as a Christian and a person. And I just want to say it's an amazing evangelism tool. You know, people are stressed at the moment. Hey? I mean, modern life is stressful anyway. We're just the way we do our work and how we live our lives. There's so many things you know, accumulating goods and going after everything. But, you know, COVID and lockdowns and all the divisive things and political stuff that's going on at the moment, you know, there's just so much um, anxiety and worry. There's storms that are coming across Western societies and our country. And like, we, we feel the anxiety and the news loves it because they live off that 24-7 anxiety cycle. So, so if you're watching the news all the time, it's going to be filling you with anxiety of crises and things that are happening. And I'm not saying don't watch the news, but for myself, uh, just a personal thing, I had to stop looking at the news all the time because it was making me feel anxious. And so I was like, no, I want to spend more time with Jesus because he makes me feel at peace. And he's in control, and he knows what's going to happen in human history. Like, okay, I trust in him, even if I can't see what's going to happen. But I, I won't find the answers looking through stuff or New Zealand Herald. You know, I'm not smashing those as particular news sites, but they're just my regulars that I tend to go to. You know, I'm not going to find the answers there. I'm just going to find more anxiety and worries. Be informed, totally. I'm not saying don't, don't put your head in the sand about life and everything that's going on, but... But don't go there for your source of peace. Don't go there for your source of presence. Um, yeah, I just, I just think there's just, um, there's just a wonderful opportunity for us to bring the presence of Jesus into our, into the situations and the places that God has put you in. Because we're all on a mission here, eh? and God has put you into situations in workplaces, in your neighbourhood, um, with friendships, with family, where you. You don't even always have to say words, but you can just bring that non-anxious presence of Jesus into those situations and bring the peace because he is our peace. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for the peace and the presence that you bring. And God, I just pray that, Lord, we, whatever's going on in our lives and whatever's ahead, um, Lord, as a church and as, as families and as individuals, uh, Lord, we, we pray that we would trust you. Trust you, Lord, even when sometimes we can't see everything in the situation and we don't know all the answers. But God, we know that you're faithful. We know that you're there in the boat with us, that you haven't abandoned us, Lord, and that you are with us, Lord. You are with your church and you're not anxious and you're not worried, but you are. You love your church and you love every person here, Lord, and you love this nation, and God, you have plans and purposes for all of our lives, God, and I, I just pray, Lord, that you would empower us and fill us with that power and presence so that we can go and be that, be your hands and feet, Lord, in every situation. In your precious name. Amen.